SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Halfway through your work week, a Wednesday edition of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Over these next three hours, bringing you up until noon Eastern time, we get you set for what you need to know in the world of sports. Some great action in the association last night across the NBA, a rivalry renewed between the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, and we look forward to some great games tonight as well. Also get you set for NFL week number 14. The playoff scenarios you need to know in the lines you can get ahead of to make sure you have a profitable weekend in the NFL. Some college hoops, college football, a great guest list for you on this Wednesday, industry insiders and experts to make you a better and more informed and more educated sports better, all while having a little fun. But in this opening hour, joining me to do just that here on the morning after, it is Joe Ranieri. You can see him all across the grid in game live this week and this weekend as well. Joe and I, in fact, Host in-game live on Saturday afternoons together right here on the grid from 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Joe Ranieri, we are coming off conference championship weekend. The college football playoff is set, and you and I have so much to discuss on this Wednesday morning. Welcome back to the morning after. Oh, I can't believe it. Uh, here we are right a week into uh, December. Still trying to wrap my head around that, but uh, college football going to be real exciting over the next couple of weeks. Bowl games, national championship, but... Let us not forget college uh, hoops uh, right around the block uh, from where you're sitting right there, Ben. Uh, exciting with the Jimmy V Classic going on there last night. We'll continue. So I certainly hope you're going to be taking in some of the action at the Garden there this week. Joe and Ari, exciting for some. I was at Madison Square Garden last night, a proud Syracuse alum, ready to cheer on my orange against the Villanova Wildcats, the sixth-ranked team in the country. Syracuse with a lead at the half. We're playing very well. We're limiting the seventh-best three-point shooting team in the country to below 27% last night. And then Syracuse got outscored by 17 points in the second half and lost that game by 16 to the Villanova Wildcats. But we'll talk about that, Joe later on no Syracuse did not cover either of my bye 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 best bet for yesterday's Tuesday edition of the morning after so Joe no college hoops right now let's go with NBA basketball and one of the best rivalries in all of basketball happened again last night out in the city of angels in Los Angeles the Lakers getting the best of the Celtics winning big by 15 points 117-102. Yesterday, Joe, there was some late line movement in the Lakers' favor. Got all the way up to four points as a favorite last night, and they easily cover. It was their first time, Joe Ranieri, covering as a favorite in nearly a month, dating back to November 14th against the San Antonio Spurs. But the Lakers win by 15 and cover easily a four-point spread. Yeah, it was, um, you know, the Celtics on this uh, particular West Coast road trip have been pretty darn good offensively and I think that correlates to the fact that Jalen Brown has been out and Jason Tatum has been allowed to run the offense and run the offense uh his way the problem with those two guys when they're together is they just they can't seem to get on the same page each guy's worried about 
the other guy, you know, instead of being the, the, the kind of ISO ball hog that they need to be. And we've seen what Tatum is without Jalen Brown here over the last couple of games. And we saw what he started off doing last night. I, you know, I'm watching that going, okay, so it's Tatum versus LeBron right now. Uh, but LeBron ended up getting the better of him because LeBron's got the better uh, the better supporting cast. At least he did last night uh, in that matchup there. If we get more of that Laker team, the Lakers will be just fine moving forward. Yeah, and Joe, the total pushes last night at 219 as I last saw it around 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on the FanDuel Ooh. Sportsbook. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here in the opening hour of the morning after on this Wednesday, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mighty 1090 out on the West Coast in all of our radio affiliates alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour, and then we bring you until noon Eastern time. I am Ben Stevens, recapping the Lakers and Celtics, a rivalry renewed on the West Coast last night. The Lakers beating Boston handily by 15 points, 117-102, easily covering as a four-point favorite. Joe, the Lakers just 5-11 against the number at home this year, as they were inside Staples Center, soon to become Crypto.com Arena, the Crip, as it will be known in Los Angeles, and... Still tied for the worst cover percentage in the NBA, 9-16. and 16, the Tied for the worst ATS mark in the entire league. But a cover and a handle win last night, winning by 15 points over the Boston Celtics. Also around the association, Brooklyn is in Texas for the next couple of nights. Their first trip in Dallas against the Mavericks. And the Nets, a close one, but they prevail 102-99 over the Mavericks in Dallas last night. The line closed around one and a half, Joe Ranieri. So the Nets, although it got a little dicey towards the end, do cover that number and get their first win on this road trip in Texas. And they were um, they were on the verge of actually, for the first time this year, losing back-to-back games. It has not happened with the Brooklyn Nets, but wouldn't you know it, Kevin Durant's like, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Durant <laughs> is a stone cold killer it's unbelievable he turns it on and bye-bye dallas mavericks the question is what are we going to get tonight a lot of instagram models that harden's got to uh, reconnect with there in houston should be an interesting matchup here tonight (laughs) gotta take that into your handicap for sure the mavericks by the way tied for the third worst record against the spread in the nba 9 and 14 we'll have much more on the morning after up next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of TMA on your Wednesday. I am Ben Stevens. We are going to take a look right now, Joe Ranieri, at the AFC North division. It might be one of the most competitive divisions right now in all of football. And why are we talking about this at this point? Well, we're entering our second week of December, only about a month left of this regular season in the NFL. About five games left, or four depending on some late buys, for most teams across the National Football League, which means, yes, 
everything has playoff implications. And right now, Joe, despite the fact the Baltimore Ravens are an odds-on favorite at minus 155 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the AFC North Division, it feels rather open. Then you see the Bengals there at plus 270. Cleveland, the third shortest odds at plus 550. The Browns in action this week in a divisional game off of a bye against the Baltimore Ravens. And then the Steelers. Although their odds to win this division, the longest right now at 12 to 1, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers all still alive in the hunt for an AFC wildcard spot. And maybe, Joe, if one of these teams get hot down the stretch, they can rival the Ravens at the top of the AFC North. Yeah, um, no. Uh, to me, this is a one-team <laughs> division here. And it's going to be whether or not the Cincinnati Bengals can grow up in time to be able to take control of this division once again. Uh, because they are by far, as far as I'm concerned, they have all the necessary pieces in order to be the team in the AFC North. I think it's a changing of the guard. Anybody that has watched the Steelers or the Ravens over the last couple of weeks, you cannot tell me these teams are getting better. These teams are getting worse. They're getting they're getting hurt now on the defensive side of the ball. They lost Humphrey now. They actually had to go for a two-point conversion, the Ravens, against the Steelers to win because they didn't have any more defensive backs. They're all gone. Um, so they would never have been able to compete in overtime. So I, it, to me, the division is its at one of those crossroads right now where um, Cleveland, yeah, well, Cleveland is Cleveland. They ain't, they ain't burning enough sage in Cleveland to get rid of all that bad juice. I'll tell you that right now. So, And until Baker Mayfield, maybe if he throws left-handed, uh, can completely pass downfield. Uh, and I don't blame him, but guy's got a, a, a bum shoulder. There's no way I could trust Baker Mayfield to win a game in late December, early January. So to me, it's Cincinnati's division uh, to lose. And uh, if they can grow up here... Uh, yeah, Cincinnati is going to be around for a long time as the leader of that division once again. And Joe, I think that's a great point that you bring up. And one of the reasons I wanted to focus on the AFC North is because of how tight that race is for that number one mm -hmm. spot. You look across a lot of the FanDuel Sportsbook and a lot of the divisions right now in both conferences, the AFC and the NFC. And you'll see big, hefty favorites like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are minus 30,000 to win the NFC South or even in the AFC South, the Colts at minus 1,200, even in what we expected to be possibly the most tightly contested in competitive division in the NFC West. The Cardinals right now with the best record in football are minus 1250 over the LA Rams. And the Rams are almost a certainty to make the postseason as well. But the AFC mm -hmm. North, maybe that top spot is up for grabs. And the team that Joe just highlighted presents you a lot of value right now at plus 270, the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, so far throughout this NFL campaign in the year 2021, the Bengals are 3-1 and one, straight up and against the number against the AFC North in those divisional matchups. The Baltimore Ravens are just one and two and right now are an underdog on the road against the Cleveland Browns. We'll break down that game because it is tied for one of the lowest totals of the entire week 14 slate in the NFL coming up here next in our segment. But Joe, I want to focus on those Bengals because they already have a win over the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, they blew out the Ravens 41 to 17. Mm -hmm. The next five weeks for Baltimore, they have three divisional games, including another matchup against the Bengals. And then outside of that, Green Bay and the LA Rams. Then when you look at the Bengals, their schedule is not easy the rest of the way by any means, but 
maybe a little bit easier. They are a slight one-point favorite at home against the Niners this week. Then they have the Denver Broncos. Then that rematch against the Ravens that could decide the AFC North. Then a game against Kansas City that will be difficult and ending the year with the Browns, who beat the Bengals pretty handily as well. But at plus 270, where Cincinnati already stands with a 3-1 and mark in the AFC North, they might have a good potential of claiming this division. And then, Joe, you correlate that to the make playoff odds for the four teams right now in the AFC North. Only the Ravens are favored to make the postseason at the moment. Minus 500 right now to make the AFC postseason. You look around, the Bengals have the next best odds at plus 110. The Browns have certainly dropped off at plus 245. And then there's the Pittsburgh Steelers still alive in the hunt at plus 360. But that all ties in to how the AFC North divisional market works looks as well, Joe Ranieri. Yeah, you know, and the injuries are starting to mount up for this division as well, right? Big Ben is 105, might as well be a vampire at this point. Uh, and although he was not the reason they lost, uh, the, uh, or they, he wasn't really the reason they won the game against the Ravens, but at the same time, he didn't make the, the Ben Roethlisberger, ooh, I'm too old mistakes to cost him that game late. In fact, I mean, they were getting thoroughly outplayed in that game for uh, most of it right up until uh, the fourth quarter where a couple of big plays allowed them to be able to steal one against the Ravens. But now we've got a pinky issue with Joe Burrow that uh, we have mm. to see this week against the 49ers. How serious is it? Is it going to be a problem for him? Now, he says, I'm playing when it doesn't make a difference. No surgery, nothing along those lines. But it is worth keeping an eye on because if it prohibits him from delivering the ball accurately, especially downfield, uh, then we uh, we need to have another conversation. But I think we're going to learn a lot about that hand of uh, Joe Burrow here uh, this week against the 49ers, who uh, no doubt there are looking to get uh, a little revenge coming off of that loss as a dog. But I still think Cincinnati, as bad as they were early against that Chargers team, what did they do? They came back. Uh, they did not roll over. So... They're learning uh, that team to how to win in the NFL and how to win late uh, also and late in the year in December. So a big win here against the 49ers, and I think it's Cincinnati's uh, division to have. And to echo Joe's point there, you saw the connection that has been so, so good this year and profitable this year if you are betting Jamar mm -hmm. Chase anytime touchdown props between Joe Burrow and his former LSU teammate in Jamar Chase. We'll see how that progresses here moving the rest mm -hmm. of the way. But entering last week's loss to the Chargers at home, Joe, the Bengals were minus 172 to make the postseason. Now the Chargers have the sixth best odds to make the AFC playoffs right now on FanDuel at minus 330 so a pretty substantial favorite to make it then you have the indianapolis colts also in minus money at minus 110 the sixth and seventh best odds and then we showed the Bengals, the browns and the mm -hmm. steelers all in plus money now the eighth ninth and tenth best odds to make the afc postseason so currently on the outside looking in but the afc north will be something we monitor over this final month of the regular mm -hmm. season and the afc north gets us started in week number 14. Tomorrow night, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. And Joe, right now, the trends are very, very strong. The Vikings, a three-point favorite at home, but the Vikings as a favorite this year, Joe, just one and four against the number. The Steelers have been very good as an underdog this year. 
Yeah, uh, they have. But uh, again, uh, Big Ben on a short week uh, on the road against a Minnesota team that is fighting basically for their life here, their their playoff life. Zimmer's coaching for his job again. Uh, but I, I can't, there's no way. I think it's a field goal game because that's what Minnesota does. They'll probably either be up yeah. a lot and have to uh, hold on. Or it's going to come down to uh, to a field goal here, and uh, it, it ain't going to be more than three points. Uh, but I'm leaning Minnesota in this. I don't trust the Pittsburgh Steelers on a short week on the road. And that total, 43.5, a relatively low number. We look at some small totals on the other side of the break here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Wednesday on the morning after continues right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday. Coming out of our conversation about the very competitive and still up for grabs AFC North Division, which gets started us in week number 14 tomorrow with one of those teams out of the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the road on Thursday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. And when you look at that total at 43 and a half, Joe and I will now examine some of the other low totals across the board for NFL week number 14, really approaching the final month of the regular season in the National Football League. And Joe, a divisional matchup out of the AFC North, also has a very low total. Yesterday, it was tied for the lowest total of the entire Week 14 slate. Now, tied for the second lowest total of the entire Week 14 slate. The Cleveland Browns, fresh off a bye, host the Baltimore Ravens. A couple of peculiar numbers here in this game. Maybe not so much the total, although it has already dropped by a point and a half, down to 42 from an opener of 43 and a hook. But Joe, the spread has also worked more in Cleveland's favor from one and a half now to a two and a half point number for Cleveland at home as the favorite. So total or spread, what do you make of this matchup in the AFC North between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens? So how many edibles did the uh, schedulers in the NFL uh, have when deciding that it would be great to have the Ravens-Browns within twice in a three-week period? Like, what is going yeah. on here with this game? We just watched it, and anybody who unfortunately watched that game against, uh, you know, with Lamar throwing four interceptions and, uh, and, and Mayfield looking about as lost as it is, well, congratulations, you get it again here. Um, but I do think, and there's nothing to like, as bad as Lamar has been, and he has been bad, uh, you got to like Harbaugh, you got to like the Ravens, who are, I believe, 6-2 and two this year in games decided by eight or fewer points. And it's going to be a divisional mm -hmm. matchup. It's a low total. It's going to be tight here. Right. I certainly like the, uh, the Ravens, but there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing that I've seen, and Ravens also... If it remains around that two and a half, of course, uh, the teaser comes into play. But offensively, from a point perspective, are, are you trusting that this week off somehow or another rejuvenated this offense and the shoulder of Baker Mayfield? 
These two teams know each other. If we get to 30 points, I would be shocked in this one as well. It's going to be ugly, and it's going to be disgusting, and we're all probably going to watch it because who doesn't like a good car crash, Ben? <laughs> yes, Joe. Maybe that is why we tune in to Cleveland and Baltimore on Sunday and the ramifications maybe for the AFC North and AFC playoff picture. But Joe's right. I mean, look at the total. It's already down by a point and a half, and it dropped by two points to yesterday to 41 in a hook. And we have seen the Browns' offense mightily struggle with how injured they have been over the last month and a half or so. And the Ravens haven't exactly been stone-cold killers putting up points, even with Lamar now back as their signal caller. So that is why we have the total that we have currently of an over-under at 42. But when you have a low total and you have a small spread for a divisional matchup, you can expect this game to be a little bit dicey and maybe a little bit ugly. Now in the month of December, off the banks of Lake Erie, it's going to be cold. And we know the Ravens want to establish the run. And on the other side, the Browns have one of the highest rushing play clips in all of the NFL and frankly right now with Baker Mayfield who's walking around with injuries so long you couldn't even begin to list mm -hmm. them I think Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski will also look to run the football and Joe you bring up a great point and that's where I want to focus more so maybe even in this low total is that number Baltimore is getting two and a mm -hmm. half points and yes I know the line has worked against them slightly by a point even early in this week and Baltimore has had their fair share of struggles covering numbers as a favorite and maybe why you can question their legitimacy as the top team in the AFC North and maybe as a true contender in the AFC conference picture. But yes, they are just three and seven against the number as a favorite, but as an underdog this year, it's only happened twice now for Baltimore, a perfect 2-0 against the number. Two outright wins against the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you look at their other game against the Denver Broncos in week number four, both of those very short spreads, mm -hmm. Baltimore covering as an underdog, and of course winning outright. That might be where my focus is for what should be a tight game and a tight spread that maybe if you like Baltimore and the points and what might be decided around a field goal and one possession game late that could flip. Maybe you also sprinkle mm -hmm. on the money line. And Cleveland has struggled. They've split their last six games straight up, but they have only covered once in their last four games, twice in their last seven games. So the Browns certainly have not been reliable against the number as well. So that total at 42, Joe, was 41 and a half yesterday, which was tied for the smallest number from a total perspective of the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. Now... The only 41 and a half we have on the board for the lowest total is the Seattle Seahawks and the Houston Texans. Oof. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Seahawks favored by more than a touchdown at seven and a half points. And again, that over under total 41 and a half. And Joe, just like the total dropped for the Ravens and the Browns, the total here has dropped by two points from an opener of 43 in a hook. We got some breaking news this morning that Seahawks safety Jamal Adams will miss the rest of the season with a shoulder mm. injury. I'm not sure that affects Seattle all that much. A 4-8 and eight football team that still relatively has some hope in the NFC, but that's just because everything is so wide open. Joe, if we like car crashes, and that's why we're going to watch the Browns and the Ravens as you see the season stats for Jamal Adams this year, why would we watch the Seahawks and the Texans? Can we find an edge in those numbers for this game? Oh, this is terrible. Um, I, and again, because I'm looking at I'm going, why is Seattle? You know, this is another one of those games where we're looking at the uh, the numbers, both the total and the signing going. What, 
this number seems all out of whack. Seattle should not be uh, more than a touchdown favorite over anybody. I don't care. Even the Texans. It makes no sense, given the fact that coming into that game against the 49ers, uh, since Russell Wilson had come back, Seattle had only found the end zone three times. Um, this is not an offense that's clicking on all cylinders. That hand or, or finger, I, I'm sorry, continues to be an issue there for, the, uh, for Russell Wilson and company. Not to mention, and the numbers are, analog, uh, are amazing, too, when you think about it. Russell Wilson as a favorite on the road, guys. 22 and 14 straight up, but he's just 12, 22 and 2 against the number. Um, it doesn't make any sense. However, from a total perspective, if you are looking to bet the total, you have to figure uh, the Texans are going to provide little to no support. If you are looking to go for an over because you think it is uh, it's too low of a number, I don't know how many points we are going to get from uh, Houston here. Davis Mills, in all likelihood, will be the quarterback. Another injury for Tyrod Taylor. The only games that they won, I believe, were with Tyrod at uh, quarterback. And if he doesn't go, I mean, it's it, it would have to be under or not for me here. But, wow, is that just a ridiculous number for a uh, Russell Wilson who doesn't cover on the road uh, as a favorite and certainly has not looked apart since coming back from the finger injury. I mean, the total dropping by two points to so the lowest number of 41 and a hook for an over-under of the Week 14 Ooh. slate. I don't think we should work yep. in market contradiction here. The Seahawks only played their second mm -hmm. over of the entire season last week against the San Francisco 49ers. They are the second highest under percentage in the NFL at 83% of their games hitting an under. And then from the Texans' perspective, eight of their 12 games under under in four straight why because as joe alluded to they are not adding much in production to any totals they are the worst scoring offense in the entire nfl averaging just 13.7 points per game less than two touchdowns as a scoring offense is abysmal in the national football league and then finally to echo joe's point the Texans have been more than a touchdown underdog in nine games this year they have been an underdog in all but one game this season the seattle seahawks with russell wilson starting football games just three and six against the number so seven and a half past that key number of seven does seem a little bit high now joe ranieri i ask you a simple question can it happen again can the detroit lions win a second football Ooh. game in an nfl regular season Ooh. back to back as an underdog at home or actually on the road excuse mm. me against the denver broncos the lions catching eight on the road against the broncos this total also small at 42. can the lions do it again joe again why is the fate why are the broncos an eight point favorite right? over anybody i mean what are we doing here Listen, might uh, Detroit be a little fat and sassy after that last-minute win there against the Vikings? Uh, they have been a scrappy team all year. They have also been nothing but a money-making team all year. Yep. Listen, the one thing that I love about the Broncos is I do believe that defense, that Vic Fangio-led defense with the cover two that they're rolling, they're healthier than they have been. Um, I love that defense. So... As far as I'm concerned, any Bronco game from this point out, as long as they remain healthy, is a game I have to look at the under and give serious consideration to it. I don't think they should be anywhere near an eight-point favorite, but Bridgewater 
Uh, 20 and three against the number as a starting quarterback when he is a uh, road underdog. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind moving forward throughout the season. The guy is absolute money, but he ain't the underdog here in this one. He's an eight-point favorite. I don't buy it. Give me the mm. under, and I would absolutely look Detroit. The Lions, yes, they won their first football game straight up last week against the Minnesota Vikings, but eight and four against the spread all year long. The fighting Dan Campbells can cover. We look at big spreads coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM, Channel 159, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of the morning after on your Wednesday. I'm Ben Stevens. We have looked at the lowest totals for NFL week number 14. Now it's time to flip the script and look at the biggest spreads for NFL week number 14. A great time in this midweek of your work week to get ahead of some lines and see where these lines might move, especially when they are big totals and especially when it's a rivalry game on Sunday night football. The Chicago Bears head to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. And right now, the Pack, a big favorite, Joe, nearing two touchdowns, laying 12 and a half at home. The over-under total is 44. The line opened at 12 and a half. But here was what was interesting to me, Joe. Early indications, nearly 65% of the handle is already on the Chicago Bears, but the line has stuck at 12 and a half in the Packers' favor. Now, what do we make of this game? Green Bay coming off a bye, maybe Aaron Rodgers in that famous or infamous pinky toe, depending on how you feel about seeing a grown man's feet all across the internet. Laying 12 and a half, can they cover a nearly two touchdown spread against their divisional rival in the Chicago Bears? This is the Sunday night game, is it not? And yeah, they're not flexing it out, Joe. Still they're keeping the it Sunday. there. Yeah, what? Uh, again, edibles, NFL schedules. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, it is this close, right, that you want, to, uh, you want to look at the Bears and say, can they keep this close divisional rivals? But then you realize Aaron Rodgers told us he owns the Bears, literally. He owns yeah. them. Aaron oh. Rodgers says so. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also is a guy uh, along the Green Bay Packers that have, and one of the few teams left, I think, that really has a decided advantage at home. Um, that is a real home field advantage in Green Bay. There aren't many we can still say uh, throughout the NFL that have that kind of edge, but they do there. I mean, who they, they've beaten the Rams, right? We've seen the Seahawks get mm -hmm. beat there. We've seen um, the Washington football team, the Steelers. The, so they take care of business at home, and of course, coming off the uh, coming off the bye, I to me, there's only one way to look here, and it's the Green Bay Packers and uh, Chicago defensively, who's playing, who's not playing. They're not going to be able to. It was close the first one at Soldier. We get that, but I don't anticipate this is going to be this close in this one. So it's Green Bay or not for me here. 
Joe, the Packers have been fantastic against the spread this year. In fact, they have the best ATS mark in the entire NFL, 10-2 and two against the number so far this season. 6-2 as a favorite against the spread this season. And oh yeah, at Lambeau Field, as Joe Ranieri was saying, a perfect 5-0 and oh against the spread, winning four of those five outright, the only one they did not. Jordan Love and the Packers still kept it competitive against the Kansas City Chiefs. So a perfect 5-0 and against the spread for the Packers at home. And yes, it is nearly two touchdowns. And Chicago has been an underdog here as of late. And they have are tied for the second worst ATS record in the NFL. 4-8, the worst ATS record in the NFL with the worst cover percentage as an underdog. Chicago just 2-7. and seven. ATS as a dog this year and they have been a double digit dog once before this year also around that 12 and a half number on the road as they will be on Sunday night that happened last time in Tampa and the Bucks won that game covering easily 38 to 3 over the Chicago Bears also note that total relatively small for a primetime Sunday night game 44 points both teams eight of their 12 games this year to an under so that is the biggest spread of week number 14 why the schedule makers kept it and didn't flex it on Sunday night football maybe because of the old school rivalry between the Bears and the Packers sure but I don't know if we're going to get the prettiest game in primetime on Sunday night Joe so that's the biggest spread 12 and a half points in Green Bay's favor one of the other biggest spreads of the weekend the only one currently past double digits the LA Chargers laying 10 and a half at home against the New York Giants. The over-under total for this game, 44 and a hook. Joe, it's just interesting to me because the Chargers were an underdog last week against the Bengals. They go into Cincinnati and they get a big, big, big road victory. I wouldn't expect them to be a double-digit favorite the very next week because I'm still not entirely sure what we make of Los Angeles. So what do you make of the Chargers and that big number at 10 and a half points in their favor? Ugh. It, the Chargers are one of the worst teams to try and lay double digits with. Number one, listen, we know they have a quarterback issue in uh, with the Giants, right? So I don't. Jake yeah. Fromm is he going? Glennon looks like he's has a concussion, so he's not going to be ready. Daniel Jones actually should have never been drafted to begin with, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but they do have a very interesting um, set of skills here, or at least one player on the Giants has an interesting set of skills, which, match up, which matches up really well against the defense of the Chargers, and that's, um, that's Saquon. And here's the yep. problem uh, with laying double digits on the Chargers. A, there has been uh, COVID protocols throughout that locker room and throughout the organization here since uh, Sunday, so we have to monitor that to see who's in and who is out, but can I see a total breakout game by Saquon going out there and taking advantage of one of the poorest defenses against the run of the NFL? Absolutely. Do I trust the Chargers who are up, what, 24 nothing on Seattle before they realized, oh, no, it's tied? I don't trust this defense as far as I can throw them. I do trust the giant defense to make life difficult there for Herbert and company. Uh, the Giants defense will do their part. If Saquon can finally uh, turn back the clock here and have a big day on the ground, then no, I ain't laying 10 and a half here with the Chargers. Uh, I don't care who's quarterback for the Giants. 
And Joe, as we discussed earlier, based on that win in Cincinnati last Sunday, the Chargers are now minus 330 to make the AFC postseason. That's great. And maybe the Chargers mm -hmm. just straight up are trending in a positive direction and using that momentum from last week's road win in Cincinnati. Now back in SoFi Stadium this weekend. But they have been abysmal. I mean, truly, truly awful as a favorite this year. Two in five against the spread when booked as a favorite so far this season. They are not covering by more than four points per game. This is their first time as a double-digit favorite this year. In fact, it's their first time as more than a touchdown favorite this year. The other biggest spread in LA's favor, six and a half points a couple of Sunday nights ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Los Angeles was going to win that game big by double digits, easily cover the number, and then the Chargers going Charger, and they did on Sunday night, and the Pittsburgh Steelers came back to take a lead in the fourth quarter. They ultimately mm -hmm. lost in that game. The Chargers won outright, but they did not cover. So those are all the things you need to know about L.A. laying 10 and a half points. Meanwhile, as Joe mentioned, who's going to be playing quarterback for the New York Giants? Daniel Jones, very day-to-day -day with a neck injury, really a week-to-week. -week. Mike Glennon in the concussion protocol. Will it be Jake from State Farm? We shall see the former Georgia quarterback himself. But the Giants have been a dog in 11 of their 12 games. They are 6-5 and five against the spread. Pretty good as an underdog. The Chargers have the second-worst rushing defense in the NFL. Saquon has shown spurts at times. So, yes, there is at least a matchup and trend perspective that would at least allow you to believe the Giants can cover as a 10.5-point underdog. And again, that over-under total of 44.5. The Giants have gone under in six straight. This is the lowest total for the Chargers all year, who are often booked in the 50s or right around that mm -hmm. ballpark of 50 they have gone over in four of their last six games but this the lowest total for the chargers all year long at 44 and a half i think you might hear us say that a couple more times as we get now into the middle portion of december and even in los angeles the weather starts to turn just a little bit so looking at a team from the afc west in the la chargers right now plus 190 to win that division on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Kansas City Chiefs, the heavy odds-on favorites once again. Minus 200 to win the AFC West right now. And an AFC West showdown for the Kansas City Chiefs inside Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. Another big spread for KC, laying nine and a half points against the Las Vegas Raiders. The over-under total right now, Joe, on the FanDuel Sportsbook is 48 points. As it stands, it was 48 and a hook earlier in the week. It opened at 50 and a half. It is dropped by two and a half points to this number of 48. We'll discuss the total in a minute. But the Chiefs also a very good football team once again, back where we expected them to be. They have won five straight games. They have covered in three straight. And obviously until the end of time and Patrick Mahomes is no longer the quarterback in Kansas City, Joe, the Chiefs will probably be booked as a favorite here, laying nine and a half points against the Raiders. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? We're still watching. Uh, we, we were talking about that Denver game earlier against Kansas City last week. And, it, and finally, as an underdog, mm -hmm. Bridgewater doesn't cover. There's still something wrong with this offense of Kansas City. I uh, mm -hmm. don't know. Uh, I haven't put my finger on it just yet. I, you know, the defense is the way they've finally been playing. Uh, the offensive line issues for KC. But the amazing part about the Kansas City Chiefs is what a difference uh, a couple of months makes, right? How long in the beginning of the season were we saying, this is the worst defense we've ever seen? They're atrocious. They're horrible. 
Well, they are not horrible anymore. So kudos there to Spags and company because they're doing what they did back in 2019, right? They are progressively getting yep. better and better and better as the season progresses here. And uh, we're talking about a Raiders team here, guys. They already lost this right back in, what, week 10 uh, in Vegas there. I believe it was like a 41 to, was it 10 or 41-14 in the first meeting. I don't see that happening again, but the reality is, um, Washington held this Raider offense to just about 300 yards, just over 300 yards, 17 points. They have now scored less than 17 points in four out of their last five games, this offense for the Raiders. With that defense playing the way they are in Kansas City, it gives Mahomes and company plenty of time to figure it out, and they will figure it out at some particular point. But, yeah, no, they deserve to be a, uh, a nine, nine and a half, eight and a half, wherever you can get it there. Uh, I do think Kansas City wins this one easily in this matchup. That three-game cover streak that Kansas City started was against the Raiders on the road in the desert mm -hmm. on a Sunday night when the Chiefs were just laying two and a half points. When you look further at that game, that was the last time when Kansas City, City scored 41 points that the Chiefs scored more than 25 points in their last six games. It has been the defense, funny enough, for the Chiefs that has led the charge here in this five-game winning streak. In fact, the last four opponents for Kansas City have only been averaging eight points per game. That is how good the Chiefs' defense has been, which makes that total dropping all the way to 48 not really all that surprising. The Raiders have struggled here as of late. They have lost four of their last five games. They have only covered once in that five-game span and then when you look again at the total based on what the Chiefs are doing defensively, Kansas City has played an under in six of their last seven games now. And this total screeching, screeching down. Joe, last week against the Broncos mm -hmm. on Sunday night, it came down as well to around 47. It was the lowest total of the year for Kansas City. It's going to be right in that ballpark yet again. And of course, that one stayed well under 22 to 9, the final score inside Arrowhead last Sunday night. So those are the biggest favorites of the weekend. You have heard from Joe Ranieri and I. How do you feel about the big favorites covering this weekend? We find out next in Fade the Public. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one here of the morning after on this Wednesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I've been joined by Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA. And I am Ben Stevens. We just broke down the biggest spreads for NFL week number 14. The Packers laying 12 and a half at home against the Bears. Then you looked around at the Chargers laying 10 and a half at home against the New York Giants. And the Kansas City Chiefs laying nine and a half at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. You heard our thoughts breaking down those games. Now time to hear from you. It's time for Fade the Public. Fade the Public. 
All right, Gerenary, we have laid out the three options, the three biggest spreads for the weekend. By the way, the Titans also a nine-point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But these three biggest spreads that we just discussed, who has the best chance of covering that big number? Surprisingly so, Gerenary, the public is saying the Chargers playing 12 and a half. Out of all three of those, that would be the third option I would pick. So I'm fading the public. Are you? Oh, you know, I love the public and we need the public because uh, they and they need to win on these types of bets here, Ben, so they continue to be as chalky as humanly possible and continue to bet that way. But um, I am going to fade them on this one because uh, without a doubt to me, uh, the one that you should be looking at is the Green Bay Packers Sunday night in Lambeau. Uh, coming off of the bye, yeah, they are going to run over this Bears team. And Aaron Rodgers is going to want to uh, run them over. So uh, don't trust the Chargers. I do trust Green Bay in this spot. Green Bay Packers, the best ATS record in the NFL. 10-2 and two against the spread. A perfect 5-0 and oh ATS inside Lambeau Field. Joe Ranieri all across the grid all week long in Game Live. And you will see us together Saturday, 2-6 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Breaking down a little Army-Navy game, some college hoops. Joe, until we talk then, have a great week. More of the morning after up next.